Welcome to the Christ the King podcast. I am Pastor Michael McGinley of Christ the King Lutheran Church here in Spencer, Iowa, and we are a congregation of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. And today is Sunday, March 14th, and this year that is the fourth Sunday in Lent, which goes by many names. The Latin name is Lightair, which is just Latin for rejoice. Rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad for her, all you who love her, that you may nurse and be satisfied from her consoling breast. That is the opening words to our introit, our psalm for today, from which the name comes from. But it can also be called, oh, Mothering Sunday. We could call it Rejoice Sunday, Refreshment Sunday, because this fourth Sunday in Lent is about the it's not quite, but it's about the exact midway point in this Lenten journey. We're almost halfway to Easter in these 40 days. Actually, it might be just a tad over. And the reason this Sunday has so many names is because at the halfway point, we stop, stop all the rigors of Lent, and we rejoice at what's going to happen on Easter Day. When Christ is resurrected. So this day, this Sunday is also sometimes called Little Easter, the Little Easter within Lent. And the gospel lesson for today is Jesus feeding the 5,000, which points us toward the sacrament of the altar where Jesus feeds us. So in the introit, when we say rejoice with Jerusalem, be glad for her, we're talking about the heavenly Jerusalem. We're talking about the church. We are those who love the church. And here we come to the church as an infant does its mother to be nourished. And we're nourished by the body and blood of Christ on the altar. And so we celebrate this Sunday. We take a break from the rigors of Lent for a little bit and we celebrate this Sunday to rejoice what will happen on Easter when we will be like the disciples on the Emmaus Road, nourished here in church from our Lord himself. So let's begin the matin service for this light hair Sunday with the hymn, Jesus, Refuge of the Weary.
O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall shall forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise to thee, O Christ, King of eternal glory. Christ, for our sakes, hath endured temptation and suffering. O come, let us worship him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth, the strength of the hills is his also. It is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down, let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, Never shall be world without end. Amen. Christ, for our sakes, hath endured temptation and suffering. O come, let us worship him. Rejoice ye with Jerusalem, and be glad with her, all ye that love her, that ye may nurse and be satisfied with the breasts of her consolations. I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. For my brethren and companions' sakes, I will now say, Peace be within thee. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Rejoice ye with Jerusalem, and be glad with her, all ye that love her, that ye may nurse and be satisfied with the breasts of her consolations. The Old Testament lesson for this fourth Sunday in Lent is written in the 16th chapter of Exodus, beginning at the second verse. The whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, We wish that we had died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the meat pots, when we ate our fill of bread. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger." 
Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them, whether they will walk in my law or not. It shall come to pass on the sixth day, that they shall prepare that which they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. Moses and Aaron said to all the children of Israel, At evening you shall know that the Lord has brought you out from the land of Egypt. In the morning you shall see the Lord's glory, because he hears your murmurings against the Lord. Who are we that you murmur against us? Moses said, Now the Lord will give you meat to eat in the morning, and in the morning bread to satisfy you. Because the Lord hears your murmurings, which you murmur against him. And who are we? Your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord. Moses said to Aaron, Tell all the congregation of the children of Israel, Come close to the Lord, for he has heard your murmurings. As Aaron spoke to the congregation of the children of Israel, They looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the Lord's glory appeared in the cloud. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel. Speak to them, saying, At evening you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening... Quail came up and covered the camp, and in the morning the dew lay around the camp. When the dew that lay had gone, behold, on the surface of the wilderness was a small round thing, small as the frost on the ground. When the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they didn't know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Gather of it, everyone, according to his eating, an omer ahead, according to the number of your persons. You shall take it, every man for those who are in his tent. The children of Israel did so, and some gathered more, some less. When they measured it with an omer, He who had gathered much had nothing left over, and he who gathered little had no lack. They each gathered according to his eating. Moses said to them, Let no one leave of it until the morning. Notwithstanding, they didn't listen to Moses, but some of them left it until the morning, so it bred worms and became foul. And Moses was angry with them. They gathered it morning by morning, every one according to his eating. When the sun grew hot, it melted. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Peace be within thy walls, and prosperity within thy palaces. The epistle is written in the fourth chapter of Galatians, beginning at the twenty-first verse. Brothers, tell me, you that desire to be under the law, don't you listen to the law? 
For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the servant and one by the free woman. However, the son by the servant was born according to the flesh, but the son by the free woman was born through promise. These things contain an allegory, for these are two covenants. One is from Mount Sinai, bearing children to bondage, which is Hagar. For this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and answers to the Jerusalem that exists now, for she is in bondage with her children. But the Jerusalem that is above is free, which is the mother of us all. For it is written, Rejoice, you barren who don't bear. Break out and shout, you who don't travail. For the desolate have more children than her who has a husband. Now we, brothers, as Isaac was, are children of promise. But as then, he who was born according to the flesh persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit. So also it is now. However, what does the scripture say? Throw out the servant and her son, for the son of the servant will not inherit with the son of the free woman. So then, brothers, we are not children of a servant, but of the free woman. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God.
They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abideth forever. As the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about his people. From henceforth even forever, peace shall be upon Israel. The Holy Gospel is according to St. John, the sixth chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. After these things, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is also called the Sea of Tiberias. A great multitude followed him, because they saw his signs which he did on those who were sick. Jesus went up into the mountain, and he sat there with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Jesus therefore, lifting up his eyes, and seeing that a great multitude was coming to him, said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread, that these may eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may receive a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a small boy here who has five barley loaves and two little fish. But what are these among so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in that place, so the men sat down, in number about five thousand. Jesus took the loaves, and, having given thanks, he distributed to those who were sitting down, likewise also of the fish, as much as they desired. When they were filled, he said to his disciples, Gather up the broken pieces that are left over, that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up, and filled twelve baskets with broken pieces from the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. When, therefore, the people saw the sign which Jesus did, they said, This is truly the prophet who comes into the world. Jesus, therefore, perceiving that they were about to come and take him by force to make him a king, withdrew again to the mountain by himself. Here ends the gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Rend your heart and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, for he is gracious and merciful. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, for He is gracious and merciful.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, in the church, the fourth Sunday of Lent, which is today, has always marked the halfway point of our 40-day penitential journey. We're halfway between Ash Wednesday and Easter morning. And I don't know about you all, but I can certainly feel it. This year has been quite a Lenten journey. For those who are fasting or practicing other spiritual disciplines, you're probably tired at this point. Even though the days, the sunlight is getting longer, the nights are still long and cold. And along with that, we're at the tail end of a a once a century pandemic. And along with that, the world feels like it is coming down on, on our church, our homes, even on us as parents, trying to raise our children in the faith. So, halfway through Lent, we are tired from the journey, from the Lenten journey, and from trying to live quiet lives amidst this world. How are we to make it another 20 days in Easter? How are we to make it until the Lord calls us home or comes again? Very often the journey feels too long or too difficult. How do we continue on it? What is there to sustain us as we follow our Lord to the cross? In this, we are not alone. Over pre-Lent and Lent, we have followed Christ, seeing him perform signs, miracles, such as healing a blind man, healing a possessed daughter of the Canaanite woman, casting out a mute demon from a man. We followed him on this Lenten journey, seeing these signs in the scriptures. And likewise... The large crowd of Jews in our gospel this morning is following Jesus because they saw the signs that he was doing. They too were tired. They were overwhelmed. They were sick and weak. So they, like us, followed Jesus, witnessing many signs. And as they followed Jesus to the cross, they as well as us, probably wonder how they can continue a journey that is so long and difficult. What we wonder is what they wonder as well, which is is what will sustain them as they follow their Lord. And to show how desperate these Jews are to find something to, to, to sustain them in this life, this large Jewish crowd follows Jesus at the time of the Passover, away from Jerusalem, up to the Sea of Galilee in the north. How desperate must this crowd be if they are following this man instead of attending the Passover in the holy city, which was required. And so we, with this large crowd, come to Jesus with the Passover, the Pascha, the Passion, being at hand. Jesus, though, he sees their need, and he sees our need too. From the mountain where he's teaching his disciples, Jesus sees the large multitude of sinners heading to him. And seeing their need, he asks Philip, right beside him, Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? And listen to Philip's answer. Two hundred denarii worth of bread, which for us would be about, I don't know, $40,000 worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. 
which tells us not only how large this crowd must have been for that much bread, but also that Philip sees the only answer to their hunger is having enough money, having earned enough money, having earned enough bread. How can our hunger be satisfied? Well, Philip says it's only by the bread that we have earned. Yet even all the bread we could earn, thousands of dollars worth of bread, is, even Philip can see, too little to satisfy anybody. Even all the bread we could earn ourselves, says Philip, would not be enough even for us to have a little. To be satisfied even a little. Yet Philip sees the only answer to our hunger being more bread. Even with as impossible as getting more bread looks. Philip, however, is not alone in this way of thinking. How often do we see our own hunger, our own need, and think it can only be satisfied with what we can earn for ourselves or grab for ourselves? How often do we have an empty, an emptiness, an empty feeling? And then to meet it, we go out and we maybe we shop. We go to the restaurant with the most delectable food. We go to buy the biggest house, the biggest TV, the fanciest gadget or computer. And as we stand in line to buy whatever we think will fill that gap, we think, this will make me happy. This will make me feel better. But then once we have it, once we get home with it, we find it's too little to satisfy that emptiness, even a little. In fact, it makes makes us feel even emptier. Because that's not what God gave us those possessions for. He didn't give us possessions to fill that gap, that emptiness. How often are we lonely? And then we go out and look for companionship in all the ways the world gives us. Perhaps it's trying to satisfy the loneliness by sharing gossip with a friend. Maybe by a casual fling. Maybe by a website that we don't want anyone to know we visited. Or maybe it's taking our boyfriend or girlfriend under our own roof without them being ours. And so we try to fill that need, that hunger with others in ways God has not given them to us. But in the end, it's too little to satisfy the loneliness. And instead we find ourselves even lonelier. And as we feel emptier, lonelier, become more desperate? What do we do? We continue to look to our works or the world for help. Like Philip, when we're met with hunger, we continue to look for food that doesn't satisfy, that isn't enough to satisfy. We really become more gluttonous with the food or money or sex that never filled any need or emptiness But we go after more thinking maybe that's the trick. Thinking more of the same will help or maybe a different man or a different woman will satisfy the hunger. But it never does. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, is no better than Philip. He says to our Lord, There is a small boy here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they for so many? This is the best Andrew could find among the crowd. That's the best food he could find. And neither him nor Philip knew where to get any more food to satisfy the hunger of the vast crowd. This is all they had. 
But our Lord himself knew what he would do, says our gospel. Our Lord knew where such bread would be bought so that the people may eat and be satisfied. So our Lord took the tiny amount which this, tiny, which this congregation could offer and has everyone sit down on the lush grass. Then our Lord Jesus Christ took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to those who had sat down at the table of the grass to eat. In the same way also he took the fish and gave it to them. And from those five loaves and two fish, two small fish, he gave and he gave and he gave and he gave, so that from the five loaves and two fish, five thousand men, and if you count the women and children with them, probably over 20,000 people ate. And not only ate, but were satisfied. And not only were they satisfied, but as the disciples gathered up everything at our Lord's command, as they gathered up all the scraps and the fragments, they found that they were in abundance, having 12 basketfuls of leftovers from five loaves and two small fish which were the small offering of a small boy. This is what they had left over. From where did our Lord buy this bread so that these people may eat? He bought it at the cross. As our Lord will say later, this, the feeding of the 5,000, is the work of God, that you may believe in him whom he has sent. The living Father sent his only begotten Son, who lives because of the Father, and sent by the Father, it was this Son, who is the living bread, who came down from heaven, incarnate, conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, who suffered under Pontius Pilate and was crucified, who there on the cross paid the price for the sins of the world, and in his death bought the bread of life, gave his own flesh, poured out his own blood so that we, so that these people may eat. By his death, at the altar we eat. So at the cross with the Lord's Supper at hand, we, like the small boy, we tithe, we offer to God crumbs of bread and, and a small chalice of wine. But look around at the congregation. Look at the hunger, the need, the feelings of loneliness. What is this small amount of tithing? What is this small amount of bread and wine that we give to the church when we see such great hunger? When we see the great need that we all have? How is it possible when this is the best that we, like Andrew, could find to satisfy our hunger in his church? But our Lord, knowing what we need, gave himself on the cross for us, dying for our sins, for our need, for our loneliness, for our hunger, to buy the food which we so desperately need. So our Lord takes the tiny amount, the meager amount, which our congregation can offer, then he has all of us sit down in the lush grass of his church at the rail of his altar. And there, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, 
Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. He does the same thing at the altar as he did with the bread and the fish. And see how our Lord feeds us in the same way that he fed the crowds then. He fed the crowds with barley loaves. Barley is ordinary food, which even today is usually saved for livestock and the poor. It was used for the same thing back then. It was not delectable food. It was very ordinary. But he also fed the crowds with fish. And these were cooked fish over fire, finely prepared, and was considered by many to be a delicacy. So he fed them with the ordinary and with delicacies. And so he feeds us. He feeds us with ordinary food of plain unleavened bread, and wine. And as he feeds us those things, he also feeds us with the rich delicacies of his body and blood. So that here alone at this altar is where your hunger can be satisfied with the living bread come down from heaven. Here alone can your emptiness be filled with true food and true drink. Here alone can your loneliness be overcome with him who died for you, gathered as one in him with those saints who join you in this feast. Here we eat from the bread bought by his death that that came down from heaven, so we may live forever, because this bread is the bread he gives for the life of the world. It is his flesh. If we try to eat and drink with the, sustenance, with the sustenance the world gives us, there is no life in us. It is too little. It is much too little. It wouldn't fill any hunger, any need. We are all more needy than what the world can offer. But here on this altar is true food, true drink, so that as we today feed on his flesh and drink his blood, we abide in him and he in us. This is how we continue our Lenten journey. This is how we are sustained in our journey from the font to the resurrection. We're sustained by coming and gathering in our mother, the heavenly Jerusalem, in the church, We gather in the church or to the church as small children come to nurse at the breast of their mother. That is how we come to the altar of the church. And there at the altar we eat and we drink so we may abide in him and him in us. We eat this bread that we may live forever. We feed on his flesh and drink his blood so so he will raise us up on the last day. Any other bread that we may eat, any place else that we look for our need to continue in this journey, we will die. But whoever feeds on this bread 
will live forever. Because it is his flesh. And eating his flesh, we will join Christ in the resurrection on Easter morning. Well, he will, where he will make us rise again. So then, next time you are in church, come, eat and rejoice. Then, sustained by him, sustained by his flesh, we may continue the last half of our Lenten journey. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We continue with the creed and the prayer. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. O God, who is the only expectation of your saints, whose advent into this world is set forth in the volume of the book, graft, we pray you, your law in our hearts, to the end that we, declaring your righteousness, may be saved from peril, who lives and reigns with the Father and the Holy Spirit. O Lord, have mercy. O Christ, have mercy. O Lord, have mercy. O Christ, hear us. God the Father in heaven, have mercy. God the Son, Redeemer of the world, have mercy. God the Holy Spirit, have mercy. Be gracious to us. Spare us, good Lord. Be gracious to us. Help us, good Lord. From all sin, good Lord, deliver us. From all error, Good Lord, deliver us. From all evil, good Lord, deliver us. From the crafts and assaults of the devil, from sudden and evil death, from pestilence and famine, from war and bloodshed, from sedition and from rebellion, from lightning and tempest, from all calamity by fire and water, and from everlasting death, good Lord, deliver us. By the mystery of your holy incarnation, help us, good Lord. By your holy nativity, by your baptism, fasting, and temptation, by your agony and bloody sweat, by your cross and passion, by your precious death and burial, by your glorious resurrection and ascension, by the coming of the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, in all time of our tribulation, in all time of our prosperity, in the hour of death, and in the day of judgment. Help us, good Lord. We, poor sinners, implore you to hear us, O Lord. To rule and govern your holy Christian church, we implore you to hear us, good Lord. To preserve all pastors and ministers of your church in the true knowledge and understanding of your word 
and in holiness of life, to put an end to all schisms and causes of offense, to bring into the way of truth all who have erred and are deceived, to beat down Satan under our feet, to send faithful laborers into your harvest, to accompany your word with your spirit and grace, to raise those who fall and to strengthen those who stand, and to comfort and help the weak-hearted and the distressed. We implore you to hear us, good Lord, to give all nations peace and concord, to preserve our land from discord and strife, to give our country your protection in every time of need, to direct and defend our President Joseph and all in authority, to bless and protect our magistrates and all our people. We implore you to hear us, good Lord, to watch over and help all who are in danger, necessity, and tribulation, to protect and guide all who travel, to preserve all women in the perils of childbirth, to increase the happiness of all mothers with infant children in their blessings, to defend and provide for all fatherless children and widows, to strengthen and keep all sick persons and young children, to free those in bondage and those innocently imprisoned, and to have mercy upon all men. We implore you to hear us, good Lord to forgive our enemies, persecutors, and slanderers, and to turn their hearts, to give and preserve for our use the kindly fruits of the earth, and graciously to hear our prayers. We implore you to hear us, good Lord. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, we implore you to hear us. Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, have mercy. Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, have mercy. Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, grant us your peace. O Christ, hear us. O Lord, have mercy. O Christ, have mercy. O Lord, have mercy. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, do not deal with us according to our sins, do not reward us according to our iniquities. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, you desire not the death of a sinner, but rather that we turn from our evil ways and live. Graciously spare us those punishments which we by our sins have deserved, and grant us always to serve you in holiness and pureness of living. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Help us, O God of our salvation, for the glory of your name. Deliver us and purge away our sins for your name's sake. Almighty and everlasting God, since you govern and sanctify the whole Christian Church by your Holy Spirit, hear our prayers for all her saints. Mercifully grant that, 
by your grace, we may serve you in true faith. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you will glorify me. Spare us, O Lord, and mercifully forgive us our sins. Though by our continual transgressions we have merited your chastisements, be gracious to us. Grant that all these punishments which we have deserved may not come upon us, but that all things may work to our everlasting good. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this matin service. We pray that the word of the Lord that you heard here this morning blesses you throughout this week. We'll be back again this Wednesday as we continue our midweek Vesper services in the series, The Lord's Prayer in the Lord's Passion. And this coming Wednesday, we focus on the fourth petition, Give Us This Day Our Daily Bread, and how we see that in our Lord's Passion. We'll also be back next Sunday with... The fifth Sunday in Lent, which is also the last Sunday before 
Palm Sunday. So Holy Week is coming quickly upon us. All the music for the hymns this morning comes from smallchurchmusic.com. We encourage all of our listeners to look us up on Facebook under Christ the King Lutheran Church in Spencer or at CTK Spencer. If you enjoyed this service, we encourage you to subscribe to our podcast, tell a friend, or leave a review wherever you listened. If you would like to be on our mailing list for these podcasts or would like to leave feedback, you can contact us on Facebook or at the email addresses at the top of the bulletin, which is included in a link with this podcast. That's all for this week. Until next time, go forth and serve the Lord. I am Pastor Michael McGinley, signing off.